And turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Boy, you sang that last song good, especially that chorus. I like that. I just do. Uh, that, that, would, that would just solve a lot of problems. You know, if we just, just looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 5. Let's stand together, if you would. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses uh, 1 through 5. Verse 1 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, Disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, uh, it's obvious by uh, the reading that we read the, this evening, uh, those five verses really, to a T, describe the kind of earth that we're living on today. Not just in America, but really all over the world right now. More so than I've ever seen it before. And it makes it very, very plain that we're living in the last days. Now, that's on one hand, uh, Lord, uh, because of the way that it describes it, uh, it's not going to get better, it's going to get worse. But Father, th that means that we have the privilege of being the last generation just before Jesus Christ comes back. What a privilege that is. What a blessing that is to be, to be the last generation to herald his coming and to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ and how they can be saved from their sin. Now we pray, Father, that tonight that you would speak to our hearts and uh, I pray that the, the Word of God and the Spirit of God would have freedom, would have free course in this place. Lord, uh, push me off to the side and allow people to clearly see the truths found in Scripture. And, and uh, may you have freedom in our hearts as you speak to our hearts. May we respond to you. For it's in Christ's name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> it says in the, in the last days, perilous times will come. And uh, we are living in those last days. Perilous just simply means that they're dangerous. What is it that makes it dangerous? Well, uh, he explains it, really, from verse 2 down through verse 5. Uh, it's the, those kind of attitudes that, uh, that make it dangerous. And uh, what I want to look at tonight is in, in these verses, are two, two are, are stated, one is implied, that in the last days, not only will all these things be there, but they'll all be there because of two kinds of love. And in the last days, there's really going to be three kinds of love that are going to be present. And uh, it's important that uh, we know what, what those three loves are. It's important that we understand that the first two that we're going to hit, uh, that are mentioned directly in the text are going to affect us. They're going to affect us in, in one way or another. Um, 
one way is the misplaced love brings perilous times. But then secondly, I understand that misplaced love can affect our hearts and can affect our attitudes. And uh, we, we need to understand that, that uh, you know, not only is God under attack during these last days, but we're under attack, and we're going to be we're going to be affected by that if we if we don't keep our hearts where they ought to be. So let's take a look at these these three loves. The first one is found in in verse two. It says, "For men shall be lovers of their own selves." And then he goes on and he describes what lovers of their own selves will produce. Uh, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, uh, uh, fierce uh, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded. Uh, all of those things are things that are produced by people that are lovers of them, their own selves. Um, Probably one of, the, one of the most foremost doctrines, and it really is a doctrine that's being taught today, is that it's so important to love yourself. You've got to have self-love. And I've even heard, I've heard, I've heard Christian people, uh, I've heard Christian, I've heard, I've heard Baptist preachers, for crying out loud, uh, stand up and say, listen, you need to love yourself before you can love anybody else. The truth of the matter is, you don't have to teach yourself or work at, your, at loving yourself. That's pretty natural, amen? That's a pretty natural thing. And uh, uh, when, when, when there is, and, and by the way, can I tell you, that's one of the reasons why I think it's more difficult today, and I'm not using this as an excuse, I'm just telling you the way it is. I think it's more difficult to win people to Christ and to see people get saved because they think they're all that in the bag of chips, you know, they, they just, uh, they think that they are wonderful because they love themselves so much. And you look at, you look them in the eye and you tell them, listen, because of your sin, you deserve to die and go to hell for all eternity. I, I've had this happen over and over and over again in witnessing, particularly in the last probably 10 years. You say, do you believe that you're a sinner? Yes. Well, the Bible says because we're sinners that we all deserve to die and go to hell. And that Jesus Christ uh, died for our sins and he's the only way to go to heaven is by trusting him. And if you ask him to save you, he will. And then I start going down through each of those points. And I find, I find they almost always will agree with three out of four. They'll say, hey, I'm a sinner. And yeah, oh, I believe Jesus died for my sins. And yeah, I, I believe if I believe on him that he'll save me. Do you believe that you're going to hell? No. No. And you know why? Because they're lovers of their own selves. Now, what are the, what are the, the um, characteristics of lovers of their own selves? Well, let's go down through the list. First one is covetous. That means they're, they're lovers of things. They're lovers of money, and they're constantly wanting to grab it and get it. Uh, and again, uh, that's something that we're not careful. We can get caught up into that in a heartbeat. And uh, uh, you see that kind of attitude just about everywhere you look. Second one is boasters. Uh, that's when they speak of themselves, and they speak of their, 
their own accomplishments. And, uh, and they, they, uh, it leads, leads to the next one, which is proud. Uh, and a person who's proud is just simply one who takes credit for their own accomplishments. I, I just absolutely cringed back, uh, well, it was about a year ago or so, when uh, the, we were fighting the COVID and uh, uh, the, the curve started to go down. And our governor uh, said uh, the curve went down and the curve didn't go down because of God, it went down because of us. Oh, you know, why don't you just ask God to curse the whole state, okay? Uh, terrible things. And I, I, I'm, I literally, I cringed when I heard that. Uh, taking credit uh, for that, for their accomplishment, instead of giving credit to God. Uh, you know, I, you've heard me say this often, but I, I really believe it's something we need to teach our kids to do, and we need to start by doing it ourselves. When, when you get a compliment, when you get a praise, deflect that thing as fast as you can. Because if you don't deflect it, it'll take root. And, and you'll start thinking you're somebody. Uh, deflect it. Praise the Lord for for the for for what you were able to accomplish. Uh, be thankful to some for someone else because of what you're able to accomplish. So proud is another characteristic. Another one is blasphemers, and it, all that is is just speaking of God irre, irre, irreverently, uh, just being irreverent in our references to God. And again, uh, you hear that everywhere. You hear God's name used uh, either oh my, OMG, you know, which you know what that means. And, and uh, I, I can't stand it when somebody says the big boss or the big man upstairs. Uh, no, he is a holy, holy, pure, and righteous God. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, it, when, I was, when I was raised as a child, I heard the Lord's name a lot. I didn't hear it in the right way. Uh, and, uh, and we need to be careful that we don't in any way use his name in a, in a flippant way. Uh, we can be blasphemous, although we, we may not use his name, we can defame his name by having wrong behavior, and we don't want to be guilty of that either. The next characteristic is disobedient to parents. And, and honestly, I, I think this one is pivotal. I mean, it, it, is, uh, it is, without a doubt, the parent-child relationship is the single most important relationship on, on this earth outside of a person's relationship with Jesus Christ. As far as a person-to-person -person relationship, it's that relationship that parents and children have with each other. I, I've uh, been, been talking to just different people over the last uh, six months because I have seen, I have watched a person after person after person that just honestly, they've been ruined by bad parents. Now, I'm not saying you can't get, get past that. You can. The blood of Jesus Christ can not only save you, but he can give you the power to, to get past that stuff. But, uh, but that, is, that is absolutely pivotal. And uh, you know, I tell kids, and the kids that are here, kids, listen to your preacher. Uh, the most important thing you can do outside of being obedient to God is being obedient to your parents. And that will teach you something 
that it'll, it'll teach you something. It'll teach you all kinds of things, and it'll instill in you, I believe, a respect that'll be carried over into, into other areas. You know, why is, why is it that, uh, you know, not this last summer, but particularly the summer before, uh, we, saw, we saw cities being burned, policemen being shot at. Uh, I, saw, I saw a video just yesterday of uh, New York City uh, that was under, as far as I'm concerned, all those cities were under siege during that time. And uh, there was a police car, and there was a guy, he had, the, he had a, a picket sign. He was taking the picket sign and trying to break the window of the police car. What in the world? Where did that come from? Can I tell you where that came from? That person was disobedient to their parents. It didn't just all of a sudden pop up against the police. It was something that was in that, was in that individual when they were a child. That's a very, very important one. And that's, I think, really connected to the next one, which is unthankful. Unthankful. Uh, you know, again, if you, if you think that you really are somebody, then uh, you, don't, you don't have a whole lot to be thankful for because you believe that it, you deserve all of the good things that you have. And so uh, uh, unthankful, just, uh, uh, you know, uh, we need to realize that we don't, we don't deserve anything. We don't deserve a thing. Uh, we deserve hell is what we deserve. And, and, uh, but, but when we lose sight of that thing, we begin to, to get ungrateful. Next one is unholy. Well, Lord Jesus said, be holy for I am holy. Uh, holiness is just simply an absence of sin and the presence of righteousness. And you're just, you're just seeing some, I mean, beyond just uh, disobedience, it's just pure wickedness that is, is uh, taking place today. And that's because of unholiness. And then, then he says, without, without natural affection. And you see that really abused all over the place. Uh, the natural affection between men and women and women and men. Uh, the natural affection that fathers ought to have toward their sons and their daughters, that mothers ought to have toward their, their sons and their daughters. The natural affection that a husband ought to have toward a wife and a wife toward a husband. All that is, has been messed up uh, because of sin. Uh, truce breakers. Truce breakers are, are just, uh, it's just simply opposite of, of peacemakers. And uh, truce breakers are those that don't honor agreements. Um, one of the things that has greatly disturbed me over the last few years, I have seen a real rise in um, the acceptance of lying in America. Just the acceptance of lying. Uh, lying is becoming something that is just accepted. Uh, you know, lie on your tax forms. Uh, uh, you know, lie uh, on your, uh, your uh, uh, employment resume. Uh, you know, look somebody straight in the face and tell them you did do something that you didn't do. And that, I mean, we've, all men are liars. We've always been that way, okay? But, but over the last probably 20 years or so, I've just seen that in, in America. I've seen that really, really uh, uh, grow. And one of, the one of the things that has been a difference between America and many other countries 
is that in America, you come here and you expect people to be honest with you. And that was one of the, one of the qualities that used to draw people to America was the honesty of the country. That's, that's gone. That's not there anymore. Um, the next one is, uh, is false accusers. And a false accuser is just some, simply someone who tears down the reputation of another. And understand that that's the devil's work. The Bible says that the, the devil is the accuser of the brethren. Uh, and, and so false accusers, just tearing down other people's reputation and character. Incontinent, it, it means just simply a, a lack of discipline. Uh, people today cannot handle uh, being told no. Well, I think a lot of that goes back up to that one of, of disobedient to parents because they're allowed to be disobedient to parents. Uh, they, they can't handle no today. Uh, then fierce. Uh, just simply, simple, simply uh, means being angry. And, and you, see, you see anger on the streets. You see anger in the workplace. Uh, you, you see uh, tempers rise. You see abusive behavior. Uh, you see road rage. You know, I, I, it's, it's easy to get caught up in that thing. You know, you, uh, uh, you're, you're behind somebody. You're in a hurry. You're stopped at a light. And, and more and more, you're seeing people, because when they're stopped at a light, they, they're stopped, so they look at their phone, they check a message or whatever, and you want to get going. What do you do? Well, there for a little while, and, and not for long, because the Lord got all over me about it. But uh, I, I haven't, you know, I'd, I'd let it go about three, four seconds, and then I'd start laying on the horn a little bit. Uh, you know what that is? That's just being impatient. That's just being angry. And uh, we ought not to, to fall into that. And again, all of these things are very, because it's the spirit of the age, it's easy for us as, as God's people to fall into it. And then the last one is despisers of those that are good. Uh, the Bible talks about over in Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20, talks about calling evil good and good evil. We're seeing that today. The good guys have become the bad guys, and the bad guys have become the good guys. And values are just flipped on their head. Those, that's the result, all of those things are the result of people that are lovers of them, their own selves. Uh, the, the, the next one, there's three more. Traitors, heady and high-minded traitors, just simply means uh, they betray each other and can't be trusted. Uh, make promises that, that are empty. Uh, this would include backbiters and uh, uh, folks that attack one another through gossip and so forth. Then heady. Heady simply means rash and hasty, impetuous, uh, reckless, uh, motivated by stubbornness or, or passion, ungovernable. Uh, and we're, again, we're seeing that. I, you know one thing I would not want to be today? I would not want to be a public school teacher. I just wouldn't want to be. Because children cannot be controlled. They've taken all the disciplinary things away. And, uh, and, and so how in the world do you keep rule in a class? I would think it would be difficult. And it's because uh, people are lovers of their own selves. Uh, high-minded is the last one. In uh, Romans chapter 11 and verse 20, it says, Be not high-minded, but fear. Uh, the, the opposite of being high-minded is, is, is having 
fear, and fear of the Lord is the, the beginning of wisdom. A uh, person that's high-minded thinks that they are the exception. They, thinks, they think that they are better than others. And, and again, all of this comes forth by uh, being a lover of their own selves. And again, we can fall into that. It's so easy for us to start caring more for ourselves than we care for God, care more for ourselves than what we do for others. There is already just going to be a natural concern and care for yourself. But make sure that you don't fall into that category of being a, a lover of your own selves. And the second one is uh, lovers of pleasure. Look, look down, if you would, in verse uh, 4. It says, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Lovers of pleasure. You, you know what that is? That's, that's a, uh, uh, a product uh, of self-love. Uh, because we love ourselves, we'll turn right around and want to uh, want to, to enjoy pleasures, and there's nothing wrong with enjoying things, but there is something wrong with being a lover of pleasure more than a lover of God. Now, what does that not mean? Well, first of all, it doesn't mean that all pleasure is wrong. Uh, there, is, there is proper pleasure. There is also improper pleasure. The Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. That's the kind of pleasure that's not proper. But, uh, but, but as an example... Uh, eating can be pleasurable. And all God's people said, you better say amen, or you know, you're not a very good Baptist, amen? But, uh, but uh, the, the, the truth is, uh, eating can be pleasure, pleasurable. Otherwise, you know, you think about it. Why, if it wasn't supposed to be pleasurable, then why didn't God just make everything to taste the same? Uh, I've talked to several people that have had COVID, and one of the things they... They disliked more than just about anything else about the COVID was that uh, that they had was that uh, uh, their taste was affected. They couldn't taste anything, and uh, uh, you know uh, I'm glad God put different flavors out there for us. Uh, you're supposed to enjoy that kind of stuff. Uh, you know uh, it, it, it's it's uh, it's it's not wrong to to. Uh, to enjoy things. And this, the second thing is kind of related to it, and that is, uh, you know, the, the, this idea that you can only enjoy things that have an obvious spiritual purpose. Uh, obvious, and I realize there's no, there's no separation between the secular and the sacred, but there's some things that have an obvious spiritual purpose and others that, that don't. And 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17 says, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in, in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. You're supposed to enjoy life. You're supposed to enjoy food. You're supposed to enjoy one another. Here's where the, where the rub comes in. Don't enjoy any of that stuff any more than you enjoy God. In fact, you ought to enjoy God a whole lot more than anybody else. You ought to enjoy God more than any other thing. And when you start enjoying something, and it's, it's again, you know, be honest with yourself, okay? Uh, and I need to be honest with myself. There are times when I would rather talk to a person than I would talk to God. There are times when I would rather do something more than I would want to read my Bible. 
There are times when uh, I would rather do something. And I'm not talking about necessarily a sinful thing. But it becomes sinful when we love that pleasure more than what we love God. And, and uh, how, how do those things appear? Look down in verse, verse 5. The way that they show up when you're a lover of pleasure more than a lover of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. In other words, you, you can still have that form of being spiritual. You can still have that form of godliness. This is something that can be hidden because it's in the heart. And it, it has to do with our, with, with our personal desires. Um, you know, again, don't, don't fool yourself. You can easily be taken in by being a, a lover of pleasure more than a lover of God. Then the bottom line, just to ask yourself, is what do I enjoy the most? Where, where do my desires lie? So you've got lovers of, of themselves, and you've got lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And then the last one is implied by verse 4, where it says lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And so the last one is just being a lover of God. In these last days, can I tell you what the rest of the world and the people that you work with and your unlost, or your unlost, your lost family uh, need more than anything else? They need to see the love of God in you. They and, 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 and they need to see that you love God and that I love God more than anyone or more than anything. Uh, if you love God, it'll be obvious. And where it's obvious is in your desires. When you, when you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, then, then your desires will reflect it. You'll, you'll want, yeah, I, I don't under, yeah, I, I just, I don't understand people that do not want to come to church. I don't understand people who don't like listening to messages. And they claim to be saved. They claim to be saved. Uh, it's one of two things. They're either really not saved at all, or they have become lovers of themselves. They have become lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And, and those desires just are not there. Um, take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Galatians. Book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, <clears throat> and look with me if you would. In verse 16, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Now, you have, a, you have a choice every day and every moment of every day, and that is to, to follow the flesh or to follow the Spirit. If you're saved, if you're saved, you have the Spirit of God in you, and you have the choice of, of doing one or the other. Both of those desires are in you. You have the desires of the flesh and you have the desires of the spirit. Notice verse 17, for the flesh lusteth against the, flat, uh, against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that you would. But if ye be led of the, the spirit, ye are not under the law. 
So it says that these, these desires are, are conflicting with one another. Well, which one, which one ends up being the master? It's the one that's the strongest. If you feed the desires of the spirit, the spirit will get stronger and the flesh will get weaker. If you feed the desires of the flesh, the flesh will get stronger and the spirit will get weaker. And, and you can do that by, by feeding it things that are not necessarily in and of themselves sin. You know, I, tonight I, I came in and I believe it was Titus. Titus and I got talking and we were, we were uh, talking about the uh, Buffalo Bills game today and the Bills won, yay. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful for that. that. That's good. That's a good thing. But be careful of that kind of stuff. Be careful of it. You can get so wrapped up in the bills, quite honestly. You start loving the bills more than you love God. And now nobody will admit that. But you know what? If you talk about the Buffalo Bills more than you talk about the Lord Jesus Christ, that tells me something. That tells me that the bills are more on your mind than Christ is on your mind. And, and that, can, that can be sports. That can be anything. A good thing can go sour in your life if you become a lover of that thing or that person more than you are a lover of God. Take your Bibles and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy 3. Second Timothy 3, look, look with me down in verses 10 and 11, if you would. This is, this is a continuation of our text. In verse 10, it says, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, uh, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, uh, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions... I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Now, your love for God will be obvious by the way you act. It'll be obvious by your deportment. He got done talking about all these wrong characteristics, and then he, uh, he states in verse 10, but that was fully known, my doctrine, manner of life, Purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, uh, persecutions. You notice it starts with doctrine. That's what he really honestly in his heart believes. And, and from doctrine, it goes down to a manner of life that's affected by his doctrine. In other words, the, the things that he does in everyday life. And then from there, it goes down to purpose. Uh, go to, back up here just a little bit. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. And verses, uh, look in verses 3 and 4. No man that warreth uh, entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. Uh, his purpose was to please him who hath called him to be a soldier. He wanted to please God more than he wanted to please anybody else. When you want to please God more than you want to please anyone else or do anything, then you're a lover of God. 
And, and, and that love for God is, uh, is at the top of the list. Uh, the truth of the matter is, of those, those three groups of people today, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, uh, people that are lovers of their own, own selves, and those that truly are lovers of God. The lovers of God are in the minority. And I mean, that, min that minority is dwindling on a continual basis. But, but decide to join the minority. I, listen, I don't want to be uh, I don't want to be characterized by verses 2 through 5. I don't want that kind of stuff in my life. I know what that stuff brings. And in these last days, what, what the world needs more than anything else, what the people that you work with need, what uh, your family needs, what uh, your friends that are not saved uh, need is they need to see somebody who loves the Lord their God with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind, and all their strength. Of the three that we talked about to tonight, right now, in your present condition, okay, which are you? Are you a lover of yourself? Are you a lover of pleasure more than lovers of God? You say, well, I love God. I didn't ask you that. Are you a lover of pleasure more than your lover of God? Or is God number one in your heart? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for the directness of it. I'm thankful that we can discern. You know, we're not going to know the day or the hour when you come back, but we most certainly can know the times and the seasons. And, uh, Lord, a person had to be sleeping at the switch to not see that... Uh, these are those perilous times that you've talked about. These are the last days. And uh, God, uh, it is so, so very important for us to fulfill our responsibility. And our responsibility is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, and all our strength. When we do that, then we can love others like we already love ourselves. We certainly don't have to work on self-love, because that's all, all we, already more evident and present in our lives than, than what we even uh, would, would uh, desire it to be. So we pray, Father, that you'd help us to, to look at our own lives tonight and just be honest and, uh, and, and ask you to show us, is there an area where uh, we are a lover of ourselves? Is there an area where we are lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God? Or are we characterized by someone who loves the Lord, our God, with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, with all our strength? Work on our hearts tonight and help us to be honest before you and respond. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.